Welcome to the Wellness Within podcast. We are a nonprofit wellness center for patients, survivors, caregivers, and families affected by the trauma of cancer. We provide a wide range of services that enhance an individual's ability to experience quality of life. And we believe that everyone should have access to our programs and conversations, which are offered freely to ensure that no one is ever denied the support they need. If you find inspiration in what we share, we invite you to consider supporting Wellness Within through a donation. Your generosity enables us to continue offering these valuable resources to our community. To make a donation and contribute to the well-being of those facing cancer, please visit our website at wellnesswithin.org or click the link in the episode description. Your support makes a difference. So thank you for being a vital part of our mission. Together, we empower whole person well-being, bridging gaps, and reconnecting to what is most meaningful. The following program is offered freely to ensure no one is ever denied access to these practices and conversations. We would like to thank Union Pacific and the Merchants Bank of Commerce, who, in part, sponsor this podcast. If you feel inspired to make a donation to support Wellness Within offerings, you can go to our website at wellnesswithin.org. And while you're there, you can access our Zoom class schedule and YouTube videos, as well as sign up for our newsletter to support you throughout the year. I still remember the panic of, well, the panic when I got diagnosed with metastatic cancer. When I got diagnosed with, you know, stage two, it was, okay, I have this lump. What do we do? Let's get rid of it. Let me go through chemo, you know, like boom, boom, boom. Um, But then metastatic threw me for a loop. It was like rug pulled out from under me, had no idea what was going on. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Wellness Within podcast series. I'm Patty Brown, and I am here today with Anne Jacobs, an absolutely lovely human being that I have uh, just met recently, and she had graciously agreed to be in conversation today about what the journey's been like for her in dealing with cancer. Well, for our listeners who don't know you, uh, would you mind just telling people a little bit about yourself? No, I don't, I don't mind at all. So my, my name is Ann Jacobs. Um, I'm 60, thankfully. Um, it's a little hard to believe, <laughs> but I'm glad I made it this far. Um, I, uh, have, I'm a metastatic breast cancer survivor. Sometimes we call ourselves thrivers. Um, I was diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer in, in 2004, and it was about a year after I had um, was diagnosed and finished um, treatment for stage three breast cancer. So I've been living with the, the metastatic cancer for 17 years and I guess 18 years since the original diagnosis. When I was first diagnosed um, with stage three and 
I was told I was going to do six rounds of adriamycin, which, and cytoxin. I forget which one's called the red devil. Um, but women who are going through treatment and they'll, they will know, um, normally they would get, they gave four rounds, but, um, my oncologist wanted to be aggressive. So he gave me six rounds. And during that time, I, I would get it every three weeks. And as each treatment happened, um, I would feel worse. And when I say feel worse, I was, I would be very tired. And then sometimes I would say, it's like feeling like you have a really bad hangover, but you didn't drink the night before. Mm. <laughs> I couldn't move. I didn't really, it was an Olympic sport to go to the bathroom or brush my teeth. And at night I would hear everybody, I'd be upstairs just feeling miserable. You know, they'd all come in and say hi. And Chris would check on me and bring me dinner. And, but I'd hear them all laughing and having a good time downstairs. And sometimes I'd just be in bed crying because on one hand, I was, I was so happy that they, the ki- I could see the kids, I mean, not see them, but hear them laughing and interacting and, and they weren't, you know, isolating themselves. They weren't feeling the burden of my cancer. So I felt good about that. But then selfishly, I was like, oh, I, I'm up, stuck up here and I'm not enjoying mm, you know, yeah. this time with them. <laughs> um, that hurt a lot at the time, as time moved on, I kind of kept it in perspective because, well, I went through that hard time, but I'm still here. So I can enjoy these days. Um, So it was a balancing act of, I can't do this because of the cancer, but what can I do, you know, with the cancer? Right. My father-in-law, he was alive at the time, my, my husband's dad, and um, when I was first diagnosed with the metastatic cancer, and I'll, I'll never forget, I was standing on our stairs and I was coming downstairs and I was very teary-eyed, kind of panicky. I mean, he was a World War II vet and he survived so many instances where he, he probably shouldn't have. And he happened to be at the house, you know, asking what was going on. And, and I told him and he said, he said, for right now, you're okay. For right now, Chris is okay. For right now, the boys are okay. For right now, you know, your mom's okay. The, your extended family's okay. For, for this moment, just focus on this moment. And I've carried that actually, um, he's, he's since passed away, um, but I've carried that advice with me and I've, and I've passed it on to others. And it, it really helps me. And believe me, you know, it's okay to have pity parties. <laughs> you know, oh, it's okay to right. yell and scream and, and mm-hmm. do all that. But if I, that pull, if I sense that I'm going, as I say, down the rabbit hole, if I'm going too far down, that will, will pull me back up. The, and then the other things, you know, talk, talking about my grandparents and, you know, and my parents, they always had this moving forward in hard times. You, you, you figure out what you need for yourself to get through the hard time, but you keep like, just keep moving. Um, And if you keep moving, then you can 
have a different thought or you might see, you know, like for instance, oh, I don't feel like I'm going for a walk, but I'll go for a walk and I'll see my neighbor down the street and something she tells me just brightens my day or makes an impact. So I find myself doing that as well to sort of get me out of any um, really difficult or, or vulnerable times. And then I've, I've also learned sort of, it goes along the lines with um, what my father-in-law talked to me about. Um, I will, if I'm getting kind of panicky, which at times it it does happen, I will take my thumb and touch every one of my fingers and I will name something that's real. Even if it's looking out the window, the sky's blue today or it's raining today or um, I have a house to live in. And it's just these little basic things that start to get me more aware of my surroundings and pull me out of the panic. And and my panic usually revolves around, you know, how long is the current treatment I'm on going to work? Um, and what will the next one be? Hopefully there is a next one, you know, in the pipeline. And then that, um, that moves into, you know, my longevity, my, my mortality. Those are the two things that um, I can really start to feel, get in that panic mode about. Now I can usually tell, well, it's probably going to work at least, you know, eight months. And I'll play these little mind games with me of, okay, well, you've got between now and, you know, you start January. Okay. I've got till August. I'm good till August. <laughs> um, so but, you mean based off of the past, you're saying, Hey, I've gone this long. So I'm going right. to have, I'm going to really try to set that as my goal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I know from the past. Okay. If I've got, you know, two scans in six months and they're okay, I'm probably going to be okay based on how I'm feeling. Um, I'll be, I should be okay for another six months, not guaranteed, but I allow myself to, to mm-hmm. go there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's still, even as I listen to you, that's, that's still a lot of, uh, I don't want to use the word work. I'm trying to think of a different word to replace that. Uh, you're very mindful and very aware all the time. <laughs> very, very. Yes. You've, yeah. Yes. You've described it very accurately. Yeah. The spirituality is something that I'm, I, I'm continually working on. Um, I think it's just, it evolves for me all the time. Um, but I will, if I can, if my brain isn't racing a thousand miles an hour, <laughs> I'll try to get it to calm down, um, by deep, you know, deep breathing techniques. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll just slowly start to, I guess, you know, you might call it my own, my own meditation, but again, just try to think of the things that I have to be grateful for. Um, mm-hmm. And as time goes on, when it comes down to it, I'm just grateful to still be here. I feel like, who do I thank? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I'm yeah. just blessed to still be here. And um, I don't mean that to really sound corny, but some days that's where I am. It's like, holy cow, like, I know there's women who, who are, who've been here for 25 years with metastatic breast cancer. Um, And so I use them as like my hope. And then I know there's, you know, many women that use me and others, you know, women who are two or five years out and they're just, they're freaking out like I was. Mm -hmm. And 
so nice to know, oh my God, there's someone who's 10 years out or 12 or 13, 17, 25. You know, there is hope there, you know, for me. And sort of the, the double-edged sword, I think, with breast cancer is, I just, I mean, it, it kind of brings me to my knees. There are women, young, young mommies who have died with these, you know, they're young, young kids. Yeah. And it just breaks my heart. And, you know, I think why, why I was that mom, why couldn't they still be here? But every woman with breast cancer is so different. We all have these different chemical makeups. We all react differently to treatments. There's hope out there because there are the clinical trials that are happening. There are the new drugs that are being, you know, approved. There's also not alternative care, but, you know, I see an integrative um, nurse practitioner who's part of the, the integrative um, department that was started in, in our my hospital system. And so we pull in, here's the supplements I'm doing. Is there anything else that I can be doing? Um, mm-hmm. That offers hope. Is there at any time that you can remember where it was, you wanted to ask for something or you wanted to ask for help or support, but it was really hard. Sometimes with friends, if friends ask you, it's really hard to put it out there. Did you ever have that? Is that how yeah. hard <laughs> you're laughing? I think. I Yeah. yeah. Um, so when I was first diagnosed, you know, kids are little, you're plugged into the, the school and moms at school. And they were so generous that, you know, someone put together the, the meal plan and they'd bring meals over and people would call and say, is there anything we can do to help? And I would always say, no, we're fine. Yeah. Right. Right. And then my mom came out for a period of time and they, my friend, they were so happy she was here because she would say, yes, you know, I, you know, I'm going to target. Do you need anything? Yes. We need a twin, twin mattress pad. We need some milk. We need some bananas and orange juice. Mm-hmm. Okay. What kind of mattress pet? Well, hypoallergenic. I mean, they were thrilled. They were so happy because they wanted to help. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was, it's hard for me to ask for help. Um, there was a gal who she came over one day, knocked on the door and said, I'm doing your laundry. She says, you sit on the couch and I said, okay. And, you know, and it wasn't a stranger. I knew her from, yeah. from preschool, right? Okay. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it was fine. And, yeah. and we, you know, I'd been to her house and, you know, it, okay. was, yeah. it was all good. But she came in, she did my laundry. I'd get up and she's to help her. Fold. What are you doing? I'm helping you fold the clothes. No, go sit on the couch. I, I can't sit. <laughs> and just go sit. Here's some water. Close your eyes. I got this. And I never saw her again after that. You know, it was because it was, I think it was after, you know, maybe preschool had happened, but it was one of those relationships where, you know, I, I don't know if they moved or they went to a different school district or something, but yeah, I will never forget that. And it was great because she came in, she did her thing. And, you know, of course she said, is it okay? I'm here to do your yeah. laundry. She just right. did. But, and I said, well, and she knew me well enough at that. She says, I'm coming in, I'm doing it. You're just going to sit. And, and it was done. It was, it was just one of the greatest things. So, but then she went away. Like you didn't see her. That was a one shot deal. Yeah, which was, it was fine. Cause this was in the, um, this was right 
when I was first diagnosed with stage three. So I had the beginning of my treatment and the end. Got it. Okay. So I started okay. in March and ended in August. I see. So okay. everybody, myself included, said, okay, you're all done. You know, that phew. Right. Got, let's move on. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then the, and her kids were, you know, they got older, went to kindergarten in a different school district than mm-hmm. I did. But um, it, was, it was really hard for me to ask for help. And if someone said, is there anything I can help you with? I guarantee you the answer is going to be no. You know, just, mm-hmm. no, I'm, you know, I'm fine. I don't want to impose. <laughs> um, so, I mean, if, if you're somebody who wants to help, you know, another person, let's say with cancer, um, probably like the, the gals who would call and talk to my mom, they'd say, hey, I'm going to the grocery store or I'm going to Costco. Can I pick you up a chicken? Then that allows you the opportunity to say, oh, well, okay, if you're going anyway. Yeah, <laughs> you know? right. Right. Sure. I'll take that chicken at Costco because I have no idea what I'm feeding my kids tonight for dinner. You know, few. Right. Right. If you do actually have someone who says, do you know, someone's reaching out and says, Hey, do you need any help? You can, I mean, honestly, they would be thrilled. You're actually doing them a favor Mm -hmm. by allowing them to help you. Because they wouldn't ask if they didn't want to. So I, <clears throat> I had to learn that. And, you know, it could be, well, what did you, you know, I could say, well, what did you have in mind? Or are you going to the store today? Or, um, you know, yeah, I actually, can you go up to the grocery store and pick up the chicken fettuccine dinner? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if you allow yourself to understand that most people are asking because they really, really want to do something for you and it's coming from a good place. Right. If you can, and I know, believe me, I know it's hard. If you can somehow say, sure, uh, I need a half a gallon of milk. I mean, just, you know, yeah. Having listened to you here for um, this time together, I'm curious how has cancer changed you? Um, it's a good question. <laughs> I've had to mellow a little bit. Although if my kids listen to this, they're going to be cracking up right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, really, mom, then how bad would you have been? Um, I think if I had to go back over these 17 years, I think I would have just told myself to, while you were listening to your inner voice about what to do about the cancer, you should also listen to your inner voice about how to just be in life. <laughs> because I would be feeling just awful. And then I would, after treatment, and then I'd feel, oh, I feel great. What I wanted to go out and just do and be. But always in the back of my head, I was like, well, no, just take a breath. Um, just kind of what, what's important. Take that time to figure out what's important. I don't know. You know how you, you peel an onion, you peel, mm-hmm. peel, peel, and you want to get to that core. Right. I, honestly, I'm still peeling that onion. Um, cancer kind of fast forwarded a lot of the, you know, the peeling. Sure. Uh, yeah. 
I'll never forget. I know it was in July. It was probably July of 2005. Our Kyle, our middle son had had his birthday in June and it was, you know, when I had my new digital camera and you're taking pictures from the camera and putting them on the, the computer. And so I was very, dil- you know, I thought, okay, I'm doing this right. And then all of a sudden they were gone. They were not on my, they, I had deleted them somehow. Mm. And I, I, was, I was upstairs at my desk. I went downstairs into our downstairs bedroom I cried for an hour, this gut-wrenching, like, animal sobbing, and, and Chris came in, and, and I, I couldn't even talk to him, and he just knew, okay, you know, I got to leave her, and then I, I didn't say anything to anyone. I got in the car. I had stopped sobbing to the point where, you know, you I, you couldn't walk or drive. I could drive, but I was still crying. And I drove, <laughs> I drove in circles um, around our neighborhood general area for probably an hour and a half. Oh, wow. And I realized that it didn't matter how far I drove. I could never get away from the cancer. It was mm. always going to be there. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't drive to the next town. I couldn't drive to the next state. I couldn't drive in. I couldn't go anywhere. It was always going to be here. And that was part of my realization, like this unwanted house guest, like, ah, this is never going away. And so, um, and I've had, I've had cries like that over the, the years. I guess I go back to say anyone who's, you know, it goes back to allow yourself to feel this stuff. And some of these emotions are not going to come at opportune times. You know, mm. the, hard, the ones we don't like, you know, gut wrenching, sobbing, you know, you might be in the car with someone and all of a sudden you just can't stop crying and, yeah. you know, please, please take me home. Are you okay? Yeah. I just, I just got to go home. I'm really sorry. You know, yeah. uh, but I think it allows you to be authentic with yourself. Um, in the times that I allowed myself to do that, I realized, you know, I, I am in pain. It doesn't have to be all the time, but you know, right now I, this does hurt. This does suck. I yeah. can't, touch it. I don't want this in my life. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> you run through, you run through that list. Um, and I think it's really important to either be able to do that by yourself or do it with someone who's safe or doing it in a safe place or, yeah, you know, I think, I think deep down, we kind of all know what, what we need to do. I learned to, to not second guess my instinct or that inner voice. I think that we all have. Yes. Um, and that also led me to therefore be my own, well, not my own, but be a strong advocate for myself. I, I think that that's really, really important for, for anybody, but, you know, since we're talking about breast cancer, for anyone with breast cancer too, don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to keep asking them until you understand the answer. If you have a little voice in your head that says, I think I want a second opinion, Go get the second opinion because there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. <laughs> um, if you have a question 
you know, I've, um, I have this, like, like I had early on, you know, my back hurts again, is it the cancer ramping up? And mm. we learned over time, you know, my oncologist at the time said, if, if it is still in, if it still hurts in two weeks, or if it increases in intensity to where, you know, you can't move or something over, you know, a week or two, then call me and we'll get a scan. But I learned that that, that worked for me. Some women, it, you know, it doesn't. Some, they might feel like, you know, I really need to get this investigated and just keep pushing and pushing and pushing until, you know, you get what you want, really. Mm-hmm. If the insurance is going to pay for it, and that's really, that's what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah, I think that's very real. What you're pointing out to is, you know, if your insurance will cover it, or if if it won't, but you have the means, uh, because and not everybody does, yeah. obviously, especially in these times, it's harder and harder for people. The cost yeah. of healthcare insurance is astronomical. Um, yeah. But I think the the overarching uh, message that I love that you're you're giving to our listeners is trust your gut. Learn to listen. Learn to listen to what it is that's coming up for you and, and giving yourself permission that there's no such thing as, is a stupid question. Yeah. <laughs> so lovely. The wisdom that you're imparting on our listeners, because I was going to ask you if someone's sitting in a chemo chair right now, listening to this podcast, what would oh. you want? What would you want to say to them? And the, as you were talking, I'm like, you're saying it to them. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I'd say, I'm really sorry you're sitting there. <laughs> mm. I know you don't want to be there. I wish, I wish you didn't have to be there. Uh, you know, I would, I'd say that. And yes, wh- everything you just said, yes. Um, and then I would also let them know it's okay to hope. I had to allow myself to feel that kind of, that feeling of, okay, you know, just take a deep breath. Yes, it, it's I, it can be okay to say it's going to be, I can hope for three months, that's going to be okay, or a year or, you know, whatever time frame you feel comfortable. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so great. Uh, it, this has been just so wonderful talking to you, Anne. It uh, really has. And I'm so, so grateful for this time that you've given me today and to for all the people who are going to benefit so much from listening to this. Thank you so much. Oh, you're, you're welcome. I'm grateful and humbled to have been asked. Um, okay, folks, that is a wrap for us here today. Um, we appreciate you joining us. And if you want more information, uh, you can go to our website, www.wellnesswithin.org. Thank you so much, folks. And all of you take good care. Thank you.